Hello, this is Gary. I have my co-host Heather with me and we are excited on Mindset Growth Podcast to uh, have Tyler and Jerry with us from Estella's. And I believe you guys are both uh, owners in that business and you have a really neat, unique approach. And I'm excited to uh, hear a lot about it, learn about what you guys do. Uh, there's there's some things that intrigued me right in the beginning with just uh, some marketing things I understand that you're doing. And the fresh food, I feel like is a, uh, we're fortunate to be in a university town as it is. So we have a lot of food options and over the last decade, fresh and local food products have been popular. But uh, one thing that you guys do is fresh, fresh max, I guess is what you call it. So yep. with that, tell us a little bit about yourselves and how Estella's came to be. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast since John asked us to come on. So I think it's really cool. I didn't know you guys were so low. You guys are from Kelowna or around that area, but yeah, I'm closer to Iowa City cool. than yeah, I'm closer awesome. to Iowa City than Kelowna, but uh, my address is that. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Jerry Vasquez. Uh, one of the owners of Estella's Fresh Max. There's three of us. Um, myself, Tyler, and, and Elsa, who is also my mother. Um, the owners, I am a uh, partner to Michelle Vasquez, father to Viviana and Valentina Vasquez, and uh, going on our fifth year of Estella's. And I'll, I'll let Tyler introduce himself. Yeah, I am uh, Tyler Tickey, Jerry's business partner, a little over 10 years now. And uh, yeah, just uh, grinding away with him and Elsa, figuring things out every day and getting better. Um, I also am a new father as well. Um, and my wife, Madison Tickey, son, Maverick Tickey. So congratulations. Full, uh, full life and enjoying every second of it. Well, it's fun to listen to you guys being young fathers. Uh, my kids are all out of high school. And uh, so it's well, a little different stage for me now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, in a different conversation, I'll get all, all the tips from you because I feel like there's just so much. And like, well, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> this will be hours and hours. So do you guys have a morning routine or something that you start the day off with? I know Tyler having a new baby, you probably, your morning routine might be a little off. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. Um, my kid's a sleeper, believe it or not. So I'm awesome. quite fortunate. My problem is getting him up early enough so I can get my day started. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a coffee guy. Prior to the kid, I'd like to go to the gym, but that's not happening anymore. So if I can get a run in, I'm lucky. And I live off coffee for the first like five hours of every day. And that's about it. Now it's morning bottles, diaper changes, and coffee. Yeah, probably- I've got a similar routine. I've got a, a three-month-old, and oh wow, uh, she's just starting to sleep um, a little bit better. But I'll take over kind of around four or five in the morning uh, for my wife, and then uh, she she'll get up anywhere in between that time and like seven a.m. And then, but I'm an early person. Um, I've always been an early riser, um, so that kind of works out for me. And then. Really, it's just, I mean, having a restaurant, it's just, you've got to kind of be on your toes. We can't have like too much of a set routine. We don't know where we're going to be needed, what we're going to need to do. But I, I definitely having kids have started to value the importance of a routine. Um, and my routine now is just to keep them on as much routine as possible. And then, um, and then just being there for the restaurant when needed right now. So uh, that's kind of our, my routine right now. Just falling into it at this point, aren't you guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, we're just learning. We know it's just, you know, these phases that, that come and go. So um, mm -hmm. it's just, and then that's something we learned from, from having restaurants as well, you know, restaurants in multiple cities um, at one time. So you just kind of have to, you can't do everything all the time. So, mm -hmm. uh, but having routines and something, something that'll keep you steady definitely is helpful. Right. Right. Excellent. Uh, tell us a little bit about your start in this business and what brought you to it. Uh, it sounds like from what you've said that possibly this has maybe been a background from before, but I feel like Estella's is somewhat newer, if I understand. Yeah. So we'll be, our fifth year will be this October with Estella's. Uh, but me and Tyler have been business partners before that with uh, Mommy's Authentic. That one actually started in 2004 um, in Muscatine. Um, and that's the restaurant we had for 14 years until we we decided it was just time to uh, kind of uh, give that up and move on and rebrand and start with something fresh and new. Um, that's when Tyler, myself, and Elsa decided to go all in with Estella's Fresh Max. And we just used everything we had learned um, from there. I've been in the restaurant business since I was 15, working at Happy Joe's in Muscatine. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've always been in this business. Tyler... Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about his background, but he's kind of similar with the uh, restaurant industry as well. Yeah, I, uh, my background as far as entrepreneurial goes, I started at a young age. I had a lawn mowing business at about 12 and rode that till I was 18 and went to college. So I knew I always wanted to somehow do something for myself, didn't know what, when, or how. Um, so I was bartending through college, ran into Jerry, and um, had no intentions of uh, restaurants. We started selling salsa in the beginning, did that for a year before we opened up our first restaurant in 2012. And then before I knew it, he sent me out to Colorado. So um, <laughs> kind of a crash course um, as far as how we got to know each other and got brought together. It was just mutual friends. And uh, he noticed a work ethic that he was interested in. He had just bought out an old business partner in the salsa realm and uh, thought it'd be a good time to hit restart and see where we'd go with it. And here we are 10 years later. We've got some rapid fire questions for you guys just kind of kind of stuff to think about that i don't think you've seen so nope. um i'll go with this one what's the best thing that your company does i think take care of our people for sure no nope. customers great. and employees and employees first and then customers no offense <laughs> actually the, 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 yeah obviously the food stuff goes unsaid we think but for yeah. sure that is evident on your, um, you have a big poster on the outside of your door that's reminding people that basically yeah. be a nice human. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that, a rough time. I mean, like that, that came about because um, it just, there's a customer that came in and, and made one of our employees feel like uh, really bad for no reason. And mm -hmm. just felt like I can't be there all the time to kind of stick up for him. So we kind of did put, you know, did that feel like that is is kind of a, I don't know, at least a warning sign of, of yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what we like to see. So, Well, I will tell you, it piqued our interest. When we got to the door, it stopped both of us, and we literally talked about it. We we're like, oh, this is interesting. And, and it was, to me, it was more, I was curious about why it was there. I could assume it had something to do with somebody maybe yeah. being rude and uncalled for, but it was, uh, to me, it was uh, more about this is a positive environment. So yep. let's, let's work yes, together. Yeah. I just <laughs> feel like it's, it's, it's our responsibility. Like we are really like, we tell our employees, they've got to be kind. Like, like the customer might not always be right, but we can always be kind. And I feel like for us to 
really expect that out of them. We also, um, after some of those experiences where um, there's some uncalled for uh, stuff towards our employees, it just felt like if, you know, as long as we, you know, that kind of helped set the tone from the beginning for me, the customer experience. But I mean, I also have high demands of, of our staff too, of providing good customer service as well. And so I just think it works both ways and we try to do our part. And I mean, 99.9% of the problems, we, we have no issues at all. So, And there's been a shocking amount, especially when we're spending time hours behind the line working and rolling. Um, the amount of people that walk up, read that and walk away. And we are happy wow. every time we see it. We Really? They walk away? Today. Absolutely. Wow. And it, make, it doesn't take reason we put it up there. It doesn't take much to fend folks, I guess. Nope. <laughs> that's okay. That's yeah, fine. that's that's fine. Vet, vetting your uh, cl- vetting your client. <laughs> All right, I got another one here for you. If you had to get rid of one appliance, what would it be? Oh man, <laughs> one appliance. That's a good, interesting question. <laughs> well, you're in the food uh, industry, so I'm yeah, sure I you know. have a lot of them. <laughs> oh, man, probably the microwave. Honestly, yeah, like, yeah. it's great. Like we don't. We don't use it, and uh, like it's. I don't know. Yeah. We as I love cooking on that flat top grill. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I wish I could be like a hip at work at the Hibachi Steakhouse or something like that. Yeah. That's well. There you go. Super there fun you. to me. That might be a new business venture for you. Create a Mexican <laughs> Hibachi grill. <laughs> I tried to do the spatula stuff, and I just I'm not talented enough for that. So to give that one up. Well, it's right in your name, fresh. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Microwave and fresh doesn't necessarily go hand in hand, do they? That's right. Yep. It's <laughs> a great answer. Did you have any other answer, Tyler? Or are you? No, I mean, I'm one of the people that puts the equipment where they need to go. So I put a lot of thought and effort into getting what we need and getting the right equipment. So to delete something out of there and buy us a microwave, which I totally agree with. Um, no, not, not necessarily. All right. Uh, next one. What are you tired of hearing about? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have like a real good answer for that one. Maybe Tyler does. But. I mean, the standard answer that everyone's going to give you is COVID obviously. Uh-huh. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think it made us a better company, a better business closer as a, a, a company and a core as well. So um, it made us better, but as a restaurant, everyone comes in and are you guys doing okay? How are things yeah. like the, the concerned question asking? And it's, you know, put your head down, work hard and get to the other side. And yeah, just excited for the next few years to look up and be positive and hopefully everyone can come together and we don't have to keep putting signs like that in our front door. Right. That's, that's very inter- interesting to me is that whole th- experience with COVID. Cause I do a lot of, uh, Heather and I both, and we have a team of people. We do a lot of business coaching and consulting. And when COVID hit, I took a lot of calls the day that they were shutting everything down from different, uh, clients. And some of them just kind of shut operation down and set and pl- sent employees home for 30 days. But the vast majority just started getting very creative and we had yep. to do the same. And what's Mm -hmm. interesting is the ones that stayed in it and got creative were very successful and really had some strong, had a strong year or two. And it's just been an uptick from there. So uh, I think it's about creativity sometimes in business. And I agree. I think that's where, I mean, a lot of the the greatness comes from. It's just going through adversity. I mean, I think having 
like even though it was a really rough time uh, for myself and my family in 2008 when the recession hit, like having yes. a restaurant in Muscatine, which was a factory town, we went from doing 50 buffets in a day to zero, like overnight, mm. you know, in a, in a certain right. week. And right. so that going through that experience, really, I'm just so glad because it kind of felt similar to that in a way. And just knowing that you just have to adapt and you have to change. Um, right. And that, that really helped us make some of the decisions that we made to kind of just provide food any way we could, you know, to, whether, whether it be delivery or um, curbside or whatever, but yeah. we're going to try to get food to you. That's yeah. That's awesome. 20 or 2008 was a tough one. And I was in some real estate in a, in Washington, Iowa, and that's obviously somewhat of a bedroom community to factory workers. And it was, mm-hmm. but I think all those experiences, there's two ways to look at it. How can I get better from this experience or how is it going to break me? And I can go into preservate or yeah, preservation mode. And uh, so it's fun to see folks like you uh, just shoulder up and push through. But next one, uh, what fa- uh, favorite way you like to relax? Uh, definitely hang out with my girls, my, my wife and my daughters. Awesome. They're a lot of fun. My, my, the oldest is about two and a half and sometimes she acts 16, sometimes she acts <laughs> two, but yeah, just never know. It's been fun. Good. Oh, I'm going to feel guilty after he answered with family. Um, I love to get <laughs> Don't feel guilty. I, I know he's going to go work out. I mean, there's uh, <laughs> yeah, golf course, maybe the gym, anything that gets my mind. I'm a busy mind. I can't stop thinking about stuff. Anything that can get me to focus on something else for a period of time. So golf, yeah. bike riding, actually love long yeah. bike rides. So that's my relaxation. My other one would be restaurants. I'm a big foodie too. So I <laughs> okay. enjoy going all the other restaurants around town. So I can't yeah. relax in the restaurant. I just think more when I'm in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Opposite. Yeah. You're trying to pick up cues of maybe things to do and what have you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm with you. I sometimes just got to get away and check out a bit to get my mind off of it. Cause Heather tells me I get into work mode and sometimes I need to do something to snap out of it. Nope, <laughs> yeah. so. exactly. All right, here's uh here's our last rapid fire for you. Got it. What song do you know by heart? Oh man, John John Michael Montgomery sold. Oh god. <laughs> Great song. song. It's like it's the best rap song that just happens to be a country <laughs> song. Yeah. So. My brain doesn't work that way. I don't think there's a single mm-hmm. song in my life I've ever memorized. Same yes, here. same here. I can hear you. You're about to re- memorize a bunch of kid songs, Tyler. Don't yeah. worry. You're gonna have- I can't even Wheels on the bus. Movie quote. <laughs> I can't do any of that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't even know the titles to the songs. I have to look through my phone and like listen to them. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I like this one. <laughs> I'm a numbers so. guy. I can remember numbers left and right. But as far as like words and <laughs> no, letters, no. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to get back into uh, – some of the others, other things that we're working on here. So not too long ago, the NCAA, or NCAA started allowing college athletes to make money from their names, images, and likeness. I know you guys changed some of your um, advertising and marketing through that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we saw that coming um, a few months ahead of time, and I just had a gut instinct that it was going to be, you know, the right thing to do. I just, I, uh, fortunately we had been working in the restaurant from the beginning, um, and saw these athletes coming in, um, really made friends with them 
And then um, just knowing that how, how much the big brands spend on influencer marketing, um, that obviously there's something to that. And I just know these, these athletes are our professional athletes. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they just announced the fifth Hawkeye game home game is sold out. So eventually mm-hmm. they're going to sell out every game this year. I mean, there's just so many eyeballs on them that I think that's what good marketing, good branding is. It's just getting people. Once we like, like we had the luxury of working on our back of the house stuff, like our, the quality of food, the service, and it just, the timing was right. Like now it's time to get the word out on it. Um, and they definitely have helped, helped us do that. And I just, I knew their importance uh, was huge and still is. Um, so it's just, coming up with, with different ways. Um, Tyler, myself, uh, Hannah, our marketing intern, uh, Tyler, video, we have a, we have a big team um, that kind of all help with that. And Leo and Marcos, Joey. So just a, a huge team that all kind of throw in different ideas on that. And uh, we just went all, all in on it. I kind of view it as like black or sorry, the NIL situation gave us permission to actually take advantage of what we were trying to do. Yeah. We were essentially waiting for some athletes to graduate wait till they're out of college so that they could, we could work with them. Um, prior to that, there's a system called Blackheart the university was using before NIL became about, and students would then get preloaded money onto a card or like an app every month, every week. So then we were able to get to really know them through the athletes coming through our stores uh, weekly, daily, whatever. And then once the opportunity was there and they took down the wall of legality, we were able to take advantage of it and finally partner with them. So we don't reach out for random athletes. We only deal with athletes that are coming through our doors already. Mm-hmm. And then we finally approach them and say, Hey, we see you in a couple of times a week. Would you be interested? We'll sit down and go from there. But yeah, it's NIL kind of just gave us permission to do what we already wanted to do. We couldn't do. Awesome. You guys are um, one of the first in Iowa to take advantage of this too. Do you know of any, other, like, how, how does that work for you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we started off early. I remember, so July 1st was when it became um, like legal or whatever. And we had a call set up with Spencer Petras, the quarterback, Joe Wieskamp, who just uh, San Antonio Spur now, Spencer Lee, wrestling legend. And they were all in a Zoom. Um, and so it was just like, we just, we, we, you know, we messaged them and asked them, you know, if they'd be interested in it. And it's just, they all were, happened to be all available at the same time. So I just, I mean, I just think it was so cool that, uh, we were able just by being first, we we're able to get, um, some of those interactions like now, um, like, you know, now it's a little bit tougher. Some of them have managers and whatnot, but, um, you know, we've been very, we're very fortunate that we kind of jumped on early to that. And it kind of gave us more recognition just because we were one of the first ones, mm-hmm. uh, to do it. So sometimes it's, even though we didn't have it all planned out, we just kind of go with the flow, like, uh, like our podcast that we, we just are doing with the McCaffrey's like, we kind of put that together uh, very last minute, but we just knew it was, it was something that it was such a unique opportunity. We had to jump on it. So, and we also had being 18 years as a restaurant owner, I just known we'll figure it out. Like you don't have to have it all figured out at that moment, but I've got confident confidence in us that we will figure it out. So being early yeah. definitely helped. I think that's part of it is the attempting, attempting different things, trying different things, figuring out what works. I mean, we witnessed other companies that did right off the bat, go through a bunch of money and different things that weren't doing anything. They weren't getting traction. They might get a line and then it's gone. And, you know, it's, we try to make figure out ways that make it work for our food to get food in mouths and to, you know, really line things up, not just get signatures in a $10,000 check. So, right. Right. Yeah. Work other ways to try to draw in other athletes and young, yeah. younger first year yep. students that are coming in. 
I see a lot of people spend uh, with clients we work with. I see a lot of a lot of clients spend a lot of money on advertising, but they're not very intentional and they don't understand it. And with social media, it seems like they get suckered into yeah. maybe spending a lot of money each month on kind of a hope and a prayer that this is yeah. going to work and they're buying leads. They're trying to align with, you know, paying a lot for some social media that's really poorly delivered and, yeah. uh, or it's just stock photos and things like that. So it, mm -hmm. that's, what's so intriguing to me is how you guys have just, uh, jumped on that and really taken advantage of it. Uh, quite frankly, it made me wonder where I missed it and didn't pay attention to it and see it. Well, <laughs> so it's still it's early. Been, I mean, it's yeah, still early. So. Uh, but it, I guess, I don't know. It just wasn't in my thought process uh, yeah. in, in that regard. So uh, what inspired the name Estella's? And, you know, I don't know how yeah, that all awesome. came about. Well, that's my favorite topic. That's my, my grandma. I ah. like, uh, so that was, um, so our previous restaurant, um, was mommy's authentic and it was named after it was named mommy's cause that's what my mom would call her M A M I mommy. Uh -huh. And, um, and then when we kind of decided to start a new restaurant, new business, we went to the fresh tortillas, fresh grilled steaks and stuff. And, um, we just felt like, I just felt it was time to kind of give it her name. And I just, uh, I knew it was the most appropriate way to honor her. Uh, she passed away when I was nine years old. Uh, she was 56. Uh, she had breast cancer, but she was just the best person I've ever met. I mean, it was all about how you felt when you left her house it was a feeling that like you just unduplicatable, you know? And so um, I just felt like that we really wanted to honor her in some way um, back 18 years ago when we started mommies. And so that's kind of what, what, we decided to keep on doing it. It was, just, it was just time to give it her name. And that's what really helps us keep the high standards and um, got her picture hanging up. So that's incredible. That's, that's I, uh, I love that because I, we talk a lot about people, what they really remember about you is how, how you made them feel. And absolutely. If, I, I feel fortunate and I lost my father when I was 15 and I always tell people as much as I miss him and I hope, those who have lost somebody can maybe understand it if they had a great relationship. But I think he taught me more after he was gone than he did yeah. before because I had to go back and almost revisit everything he did and learn from him by example. And I've been fortunate to have that experience, quite frankly. So, yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I think about that a lot because I think about like all the struggles she went through. It just makes the seem like the trivial stuff that we go through business wise or even sometimes family wise, but like, her story with, you know, her and my grandfather is just a crazy story. And, you know, they went through a lot of struggles and, um, but they, she always kept it positive, always, you know, was loving and caring. It's just like, I'm just still able to go back and, and get in touch with those, with those moments and just realize like, it's all really trivial. I mean, there's, you know, right. unless it's super major, um, but it, it helps like get through some of those things. And you're right. I mean, she's taught me a lot since she's been yeah. gone. You've talked about this a little bit before but um what were the two of you up to before stella's came to be so, so we were doing mommies i uh -huh. was doing that since 2004 so i was 21 when that started i was going to school at iowa state my mother was going to open up a restaurant in muscatine i came back on winter break and she had her first employee meeting right before they were going to open and this was january before i was going to go back and i just had to like i could just tell she i had been working in a restaurant 
for three or four years before that. I just could tell she needed a lot of help. So I moved back that month and opened it with her. Um, so since I was 21, I've, I've been uh, in the restaurant or have owned a restaurant. And then we brought Tyler later on and he can touch a little bit more about what he was doing, but he was a student at the University of Iowa here. Yep. I was, uh, I was a student um, going to school, trying to get through it like everybody else. And um, just got a car to uh, go do interviews across the Midwest. And Jerry was the first to uh, ask me to lunch. And I didn't really know why, because I didn't know him that well. And uh, before I got up away from the table, I was offered a sweat equity ownership. So um, yeah, that was 2011. Got out to Colorado, spent some years out there, um, five years for a full-term lease, and then came on back. So prior to Estella's was the whole mommy's thing that uh, Jerry had snagged me up to do in the first place. And yeah, it's, uh, it was a fun experience out in Colorado. Uh, big learning curves, trying to figure it out. I'd only bartended prior to doing that and opening up that location. So once they got me out there, I had to figure everything out. And I think we came back after a handful of years and put our two brains together and forced Estella's out to be what it is today. Three brains, sorry, three of us. Yeah. That's awesome. I uh, can just see visiting with you, Jerry, you must be a visionary. And I don't know if you guys follow (laughs) some of those leadership, uh, you know, courses and books that are out there. And then Tyler, you must be somewhat of the implementer, uh, making things happen. (laughs) He's a muscle. He's a muscle. Yeah. You come up with the great ideas and he says, well, this is how we can do it. So that's wonderful to see that. And I know a lot of times partnerships can be rough, but I think if there's a clear vision of uh, roles and expectations and re- and then there needs to be a respect for what each person offers. And, and that's mm-hmm. what intrigues me so much about how long the two of you have been together and how you've done different things as well. So, Oh yeah. We're a married couple at this point. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of how it has that's to it. be. You got to work through yeah. the difficulties and the problems when, when they come. So yeah. what are some of the tough obstacles you had to overcome? Uh, I think I touched a little bit, but that 2008 thing, I mean, that was just, I mean, that, that was, that was really, really rough. Um, so 2008, it probably took us three or four years to get up out of that hole that we were in there. Um, so for me, that was anything since then has seemed a lot easier, honestly. Right. Um, and right. it's just helped me prepare. Like I, I'm, I'm constantly preparing for the worst case scenarios. And um, I think that's just what a good leader also does. It's just always has that in the back of your mind. Um, so that, 2008 was definitely, I think, business wise was one of the tougher things. And that was before Tyler or you joined Tyler. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. I didn't come in until 2011. So. Okay. Mine's a little yeah. different. Um, and I wouldn't say they're like the toughest obstacles I've overcame, but I mean, obviously navigating a family business, being the one to the mother and the son and like just trying to have utmost respect. But then when you got to figure out how to say what you want to say and get it across without upsetting everybody. And you know, if you do, you're not going to get what you want. I mean, we're way past that. They're family now. Mm-hmm. They really are. Um, it was just like having, to, and you hear about it, you read books about it. You, you know, there's people that have done a lot into that whole, like, coming into a family business thing and it wasn't that tough i mean looking back it was easy but and there's certain times where it was difficult um and then more so personally emotional and personal growth like having to go run a business on my own at 23 24 in colorado and that whole system and realizing my shortcomings and being able to improve and educate myself so that i can get better daily so i can start treating my staff better and 
build a better business. It was just, I mean, I had, I was young. I was probably too young to own a restaurant and do what I was doing, but it has paid off to get us where we are today. So yeah, I mean, nothing too terrible, but you know, little struggles here and there. Sometimes it's better though to start than it is to wait until you think you oh. can do it right because it's through all our failures we learn. So it yeah. sets you up. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason in my book. Yeah. Navigating family businesses, whether you're inside the family or outside, comes with its own uh, set of difficulties. So, mm-hmm. you know, any family that can get through that and work together and, and bring in outside, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, support there. Yeah, yeah I think that's funny. a lot more to say about them than it does me, just for the record. I'm the one they got to figure <laughs> to deal with and put up with, I think. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's true. But I mean, I do like I, I, I do. I will give it like all like all four of us credit. And that's Tyler, myself, my mother and uh, my stepfather, Arnie, who's uh, a, the business partner as well. And um, it's just overcoming. I mean, it was not easy to figure that out. And just 90 uh, percent of restaurants fail mm-hmm. in a ways, regardless. And then this is just an added caveat that um, definitely made it tougher in the beginning. Um, but we have come out like so, so much stronger on the other side of this. So, I mean, everything we went through, uh, it's just super grateful for all those obstacles that we had to overcome. So. I just feel like we could do a whole session on that. That could be so incredible for so many of my clients because. <laughs> might, we might need to have a Kleenex by me. That one might. Get them off. <laughs> yeah. Well, look how far right. you've come, right? It's okay to cry. That's right. <laughs> so we we touched on this when you guys were introducing yourselves, but uh, you both recently, Tyler just became a father for the first time, right? And Jerry, three months ago, your second. Um, are you finding a balance between running the restaurants and and growing or starting your families? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, you know, we're both super lucky to have very good partners that are just understanding of like what it's that they're with restaurant owners um but we also we really worked we worked our asses off like <laughs> up until the point that we had kids that we've it's kind of allowed us some free time a little bit i mean it's um it's kind of honestly the benefit to me of starting a little bit later i was 36 when i had my first one and i feel like i just been working since i was 20 or 21 and i i really took advantage of being able to take some time off um and that's that really helped at the very beginning i just i I, I just, I have a gut instinct that these years go by fast and the, the first four or five years, so I'm going to take advantage of them. And I think Tyler's the exact same way. Um, we just, we both see a super big importance on taking advantage of this time. Um, and I mean, I just, I just think it's like kind of odd that we're kind of getting into these conversations and we're kind of getting recognized for some of the stuff we're doing right now when we're kind of like the gas pedals off a little bit, like <laughs> just wait too much, just wait till our kids are in school. Like, <laughs> it's the speed speed our speed's just going to go a lot faster but we're okay we're okay with leaving a little bit of money on the table and kind of missing opportunities to uh spend some some family time but well you can't um, get that back yeah that's right i couldn't agree with him more i mean i definitely struggle a little bit beating myself up trying to enjoy a little bit more time um my wife's also an entrepreneur so having to navigate that with the kid and balancing schedules is something we never have dealt with so we're figuring it out daily um but yeah, it's, it's getting better every single day. And mm-hmm. the, uh, the balance is slowly starting to 
equal out, but it, like you said, we definitely busted for as hard as we could, as long as we could. And now we have kids and it's, we should spend that time with them and take a little bit extra that we haven't been doing for ourselves. So it's got to, got to realize it, recognize it and take advantage of it. Yes. So true. It does go quick. It's what everybody tells you, but I didn't always believe that when I was in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Is there ever a time that you guys asked for outside help or brought in a consultant or worked with like a business coach or anything? Not necessarily like a business coach or consultant, but um, I mean, I asked for advice a lot. Like I've got like currently like, um, like my brother-in-law, he's had a successful business. So I talked to him a lot. And then um, I just remember in the very beginning, like, I'm just so thankful that I don't know why I decided to do it, but I was when we were starting the salsa business and um, I had a, it was in Muscatine and that's band egg was a retread company there and ended up getting bought out by Bridgestone. But the owners was um, Marty Carver. I was, was one of the brothers. I think they sold it for like $3 billion or something like that. But his office was across the street. And I just remember thinking like, like I was a nobody. <laughs> Nothing. I was just like, I'm just going to walk over there with my jar of salsa and ask him for advice on how to run a business. And I did. And we talked for like hours and I just, ever since then, I'm always like, I'm not fearful to ask people questions. I'll reach out to people. And I feel like I, I'm just so glad that I, I did that because I, I learned from everybody though, too. It's not just necessarily successful business owners. I think um, like, honestly, the best advice I could give you like other restaurant owners is like on what not to do. So it's not necessarily people that know what to do. It's also what not to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause I've been self-employed since I'm 23, 22 years old. And I think I failed to see that for so many years and it caused me probably 15 years of struggle just because I, didn't ask for that help or go find it at that point in time. So, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, de I, I definitely still struggle because just because I asked for it didn't mean I followed their advice. <laughs> I still, I still yeah. somebody that learned the hard way. So, um, yeah, I could definitely see that. You guys have mentioned a few times, and this is maybe, uh, hopefully, it's okay to ask and you want to talk about, it, but you sell salsa and other products. I mean, is that a big part of your business or is it primarily? Uh, and how do and if so, yes. how are those so, relationships developed? So we we were just primarily selling just salsa, can't jarred salsa, um, shelf stable salsa uh, before Estella's open, or actually before Mommy's oh. Iowa City open. Um, we were in about thirty five high V's, but then when we opened the restaurant, Mommy's in Iowa City, that kind of took that was on the back burner, and so we stopped doing that. Um, and but then just recently, Tyler. Uh, really kind of spearhead us getting back into Hy-Vee with just not just salsa, but breakfast burritos, enchiladas, queso, chimichangas. We're now we're at just the three local, three of the local Hy-Vees here. Um, but that's something that we're definitely looking to find ways to expand, expand that business as well. Your food is, is awesome. Probably going to go there for lunch today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that you, now that I know that you do uh, breakfast all day long, that's exciting. For sure. But <laughs> do you guys see yourselves going beyond the Iowa City, Coralville area? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the, we're really trying to figure out. We, we kind of spent some time kind of like figuring out like what the long-term goal was it going to be like um, corporate owned, like a Chipotle model mm -hmm. or like franchise owned, which like is Ontario's. And, um, although we haven't like, I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll go franchise just cause I feel like it's, it's nice to have like somebody that feels like they're the owner, um, around. Um, 
And then it's just, but right now we're just kind of focused on getting both businesses to a sales number, you know, an annual sales number that I think would be franchisable. And then also just getting the systems uh, completed. But we just, we'd love to be in Cedar Rapids, the Quad Cities, Des Moines. Um, and then, you know, maybe with, you know, restaurants that are owned by us. And then from there, maybe go to a, a franchise model from there. Um, what is something that you would like maybe the viewers to know? I mean, what are some, maybe some takeaways, some things that, uh, you would, you would like to have, have our viewers know about you guys and maybe it, it could be business. It can be more, whatever. I'll just throw it out there. I, just, I would just, I guess like business wise, we, I just would like people to know, like we, we put in a lot of hard work into this and we really we really hope we're putting out a good product and we're, we're also very, very, very open to feedback. So, um, they can always reach out to us personally. Um, but, um, you know, but I'd love for them to go and experience, you know, Estella's and then just give us their feedback. But we, we definitely have poured our heart and souls, um, and our time into Estella's. So, and we'll continue to do so. So, uh, just, just that we really worked hard doing it and, uh, but we're very open to feedback. So, and to like back that, I mean, your your capacity is always greater than you know. My mm -hmm. sleep capacity with a child I, so much larger than I thought it was. I <sighs> don't need as much. Um, as far as everything else goes, back to not saying no. Like I thought I couldn't take on consulting on top of our business, on top of everything else we're doing, and we just keep adding more and more and more along with the family. And just just know you're capable of a lot more than you think. So give it a try. And it doesn't hurt to say I can't throw it in, but it hurts a lot more to never try. So give it a go. Give it a chance. That's so, a great message. So has time management become a much different uh, perspective for you in the last year then with, you know, family? And then you also are consulting and, you know, venturing into more even like back into selling products. And so there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, because obviously that's uh, I talk a lot with clients that time is the only resource or inventory we have mm. and we don't get any of it back. And yep. if we're going to scale out, clearly you have to, you know, manage that a little differently. That's something we're still learning. Like we're not perfect at that. We're not even like close to where, but uh, like, in, but we, I just know we'll figure it, like we'll figure it out or come close to figuring out. Right. Like it's something that we're working at. We're not, we don't let that, like our shortcomings with that really hold us back uh, too much, but we do try to improve week by week. Like, how to delegate tasks, who's stronger at what, who's going to do what, but, um, we're, we're improving. I mean, I think we're both fairly new to the, to the dad game and just the family aspects. So just managing that with the other stuff we're doing, but we also don't spend a lot of time like beating ourselves up on mm -hmm. what we're not doing, but we just know we're getting better at it. It's definitely a process, something to figure out. Any thoughts from you, Tyler, on that? Oh, no, it's just the, uh, the balancing of everything and getting to, uh, make sure that I am given the time and not beating ourselves up and, uh, yeah, just kind of taking it day by day. I used to think that my time management was good and that I was already kind of filled out with my time and life has tripled itself. So, you know, it's, it's a day by day for us. And like he said, the self-criticism, something we work on to make sure that we're not too hard on ourselves. The partnership we have is something special where, we all have weaknesses, but we all have strengths and we all respect that. And we kind of just plug and play where we need to. And somehow everything's getting taken care of. And it's, it's a good process. I can see that you both have a lot of humility 
and that you, there's also a level of respect for each other. And that's huge. If, if a person's not humble, you can't take criticism yep. and understand that the other person means it for the betterment, even if you're not seeing it. And I think that's been something I've had to deal with. And I see a lot of clients deal with is sometimes we are so ingrained into our business and so involved and focused on what we're doing that we're just totally blind to what's maybe even actually mm -hmm. happening. And it's that third party view or that aerial view that somebody else can yeah. bring in. And that's where the beauty of partnerships, I think, come in. So it's fun to see you guys having figured out how to navigate that relationship. That as well as seeing each other's, seeing and appreciating each other's talents. I mean, Tyler, you said that you, you had what, one lunch with Jerry and he, he must've really seen something <laughs> in you that was yep. like, okay, this kid's yep. got what, what we're missing. Yeah. Yep. I like to trust my instincts on some of those yep. big decisions. Yep. And that was definitely one of those where I just had seen him work, work his ass off. And just, um, just after meeting him too, I knew he was just a solid guy. So. Yeah. Uh, well, our gut instincts are usually right. And, uh, the thing that intrigues me tremendously is just the fact of how you're a visionary there, Jerry. I mean, that's where I come in and, what I, when I look back at my early business career, which was totally different than what I'm doing today, what I realized was I was a visionary, but I didn't have it. I didn't have anybody there to help do the implementation. Yeah. And it just caused me to struggle because I thought I had to do all of that. And that's probably the one thing that I've learned that's totally changed my direction in life. So absolutely fun to see that. With that, we want to thank you for being on Mindset Growth Podcasts. Uh, for the listeners, you will be able to find us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you listening. Uh, please look up Tyler and Jerry and the uh, Stellas. Uh, keep your uh, lookout, be on the lookout for their products that'll keep coming into new locations as they grow and stores that are going to, or restaurants that will be in new locations as well over the next few years. We appreciate both of you for joining Heather and I on this podcast and uh, look forward to visiting and getting to know you each better. Thank you. Thank you.